Hey guys, just popping on before you listen to our Dairy Girls episode to let you know that we're going to be taking a little bit of a break from the podcast for a little while. Um, We will let you know as soon as we're going to be coming back on our social media profiles. So do keep an eye on those and we will let you know as soon as we're coming back. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Help, Help I'm, I'm Obsessed, obsessed with, with the Enneagram, a podcast where we discuss the lives of fictional characters to avoid obsessing over our own. This week we are talking about Derry Girls. But before we get into that, who are we and what the heck is an Enneagram? Kyle, take it away. Hi, I'm Kyle um, and I'm a type 4 on the Enneagram and my pronouns are he, they. The Enneagram is an ancient personality typing system that has nine types. The type one, the reformer, type two, the helper, type three, the achiever, type four, the romantic, type five, the observer, type six, the loyalist, type seven, the enthusiast, type eight, the challenger, and type nine, the peacemaker. Um, There are more nuances involved in that, um, but we can get into more details of those as and when they come up. And my name is Catherine, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm type 5, and I am an aspiring screenwriter. I have an MFA in screenwriting from Boston University, so so we're basically just going to analyse a TV show or a film every week and chat about what type we would put the characters into. Yeah, basically. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Welcome back to Help I'm Obsessed with the Enneagram. This week we are talking about Dairy Girls. Yay! I am so excited to talk about this, on re-watching this for the episode. I just, I just think this is such an incredible show. It's so good. It's honestly one of my favourite TV shows. Yeah. Easily. Hands down. Like, especially after watching the last season. <laughs> like... <laughs> I understand people being sad that there's only gonna be like the seasons that they've done. There's mm. three seasons, so they're not doing it anymore. But I also think that that's a good thing. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's ended when it's, it should end. Like, yeah, I don't think fully agree. I don't think it needs any more episodes. As yeah. much as I love it, like I don't think I need any more. I'm happy yeah. with the Dairy Girls that we have. So, Dairy Girls, if you don't know, if you've been living utter a rock, <laughs> apparently it's, well, apparently it is one of, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's one of Channel 4's, like, biggest shows. Is it big in, internationally, or is it just big in the UK? Uh, Potentially just big in the UK, because whenever I was studying in the US... Mm. I made everybody watch it, ah. <laughs> um, and people didn't know what it was. So it's big um, amongst the members of the MA in screenwriting from the University of Boston, from, from the University who graduated of Boston. in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, they have all they were all forced to to watch it because I um, did a bit of writing mm-hmm. around it for one of my classes. So they had to watch nice. it in order to understand what I was talking about. I don't know how many of them actually got it, because obviously it's very specific. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, in fairness, I did not Yeah, I don't know. It's one of the most watched shows on Channel 4. Yeah, that like, makes sense. As it was airing, basically. Yeah. Um, so it 
first came out in 2018. Um, it was written by Lisa McGee and it's inspired by her own experiences growing up in Derry, Northern Ireland in the 1990s during the last couple of years of The Troubles and it's set at an all-girls Catholic secondary school and it's really, really funny it's and so very, funny. very relatable. Like, everyone that I know who is Northern Irish, one, has watched the show pretty much <laughs> um, and two, like... I think everyone fi- does find it very true to life. Yeah. Like, the way that she writes all the characters feels... Like, it's funny and it's heightened because it's comedy, but it's also, like, completely realistic. Like, yeah. so many times watching this show, I have watched the character of the mum, like, Ma Mary, <laughs> and been like, that's just my mum. Yeah. Like, that's just my mum when I was a teenager. <laughs> Not that I was, like, born at the same period, but... Yeah. It's still very relatable. No, I so think very my, glad uh, it exists. my enjoyment of Dairy Girls has definitely been enriched by knowing you and knowing my partner, Aaron, like, and knowing your guys' families. Like, I feel yeah. like I, uh, my experience of Dairy Girls is enriched by knowing you yeah. guys because I've met people who are very, very similar to all of the characters. The characters, <laughs> yeah. It's also so refreshing to have a show that is set during the troubles but is not so influenced by the troubles that yeah has, that is its main narrative because there's so many mostly plays but like just like works of media and art that come out of northern ireland that are set during the troubles about the troubles which to some extent i can understand because it's like this big source of conflict mm. and has like affected so many people's lives that it feels like natural to be drawn to writing about it but, like, I really enjoy that this show is just, like, they're they're just teenagers and, like, this stuff is, like, very much in the background for them. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, like, for your average person living in Derry, like, yes, while it, you know, it does crop up in the show a fair amount because, like, it was happening, but, yeah. like, you're most people were just kind of trying to get on with their day-to-day lives lives. and like a bomb under a bridge was like just a massive inconvenience because it means you can't get into the town or whatever like that first episode is that that's in the pilot isn't it they all got stuck (laughs) so i live my family live beside a bridge that when i was growing up was quite often targeted um and uh, the police would quite often have to cordon off because mm. of a bomb scare. Yeah. Um, which then meant that, like, my bus home from primary school would get, like, diverted mm. or I would have to find, like, another way. Because this bridge was, like, the only way yeah. to get to the crossroads, which was where most of the public transport left mm-hmm. you. So I would have to find a way, a different way to get home or I would be late to things yeah. because there was a bomb scare. <laughs> and until I moved to England, I didn't really <laughs> clock that that was... Not entirely a normal thing. Yeah, James's reaction is my favorite. James's reaction on the bus when the army like get on the bus yeah. to do like a check, and he's like freaking out is my favorite thing because I feel like that is my reaction when like you or Aaron tell me certain stories about Ireland, yeah. and I'm like, and that's what? like honestly not even that bad because like I was born in 1994. Yeah, so I'm like younger than the youngest character on this show. Mm. Like, well, there's, like, obviously my parents and, like, I'm, lots of other people's parents have even wilder stories. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> I bet. Okay, sure. <laughs> but anyway, so it's a great show. Love it. Um, Lisa McGee, I actually knew before Diary Girls came mm-hmm. out. 
because I knew that she'd written another TV show for Channel 4 called London Irish, yes. which I don't actually think did massively well. No, but, it but sounds I think like it's, it's still on all Kind four. of similar. Yeah. Um, and then she's also written a bunch of plays. And one of the plays that she's written, Girls and Dolls, um, she wrote in like 2007. Um, but we studied it when I was in college, doing like my acting sort of sixth form college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually one of the monologues I used whenever I did auditions for Aww. like universities and drama schools. Mm-hmm. So whenever I realized it was her who was writing the show, I, I was like, oh my God, I really want <laughs> to watch it. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about characters. Yeah. Should we, should we, s- should start, we start with Erin? Yeah, let's yeah. start with Erin. Because she's really our point of view character on the show. Yeah. And like if there was a main character initially, it would be Erin. Yeah, I think especially... She always like brings us back in to what's going on. I think especially in season three, they kind of depart a bit away from a main character. But I think like especially season one and still very much in season two, Erin is definitely our like way in. Yeah. So, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I kind of struggled with Erin a little bit. Um, and I was... Oh, I think that's interesting, because <laughs> I found Erin really easy. Oh, okay. So, we'll see if we disagree. So, I was yeah. bet- very much between two types, and they are... They can be wings of each other. So, okay. I eventually settled on... I'm hoping you've settled on the opposite, so we can have the discussion. <laughs> discussion but I've about settled it. on type four, so I think Erin <laughs> is a four because I think she loves like to be the unique one. Like she loves like the exceptionality and like significance of her experience, and she like revels in that like idea of her being like really special and like different Mm. and she really like wants to come across as this like cool like different unique person um and uh yeah I just felt so some of the quotes I've got from her in the pilot for example she's uh (laughs) she's trying to put on a denim jacket to go to school and uh, her mum's like what are you doing and she says, I've, despi- I've decided to put my own spin on the blazer. I should be allowed to express my individuality. Like, that just <laughs> felt like a very poor thing. Um, she imagines herself, like, on Terry Wogan in the future. Um, yeah. She wants to be recognised for her difference. Like, when um, they get the- that new teacher in season two, Mrs. De Bruyne, who um mm. who like is ridiculous and <laughs> insane she really wants to impress her but like impress her by being like the most like creative and the most like unique yeah. like i really was like almost leaning to her being a 3 but i was like no i don't think she's trying to like be the best in the room i think she's trying yeah. to be the most like special in the room and be the most like unique um And she talks a lot about, like, not really necessarily being the centre of attention. Like, the first, one of the first lines we hear from her diary that Orla's reading, 
um, she says, the thing about Derry is there's nowhere to hide. And she says that that's like a negative of Derry is like, she can't hide and she can't like be like the sort of wallflower kind of thing. Um, Mm. And even Michelle comments like when she's like romanticizing all about like um, going to your man's concert. I can't remember his name. Um, What, take that? No, 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 the guy in the pilot who she, like, fancies. Oh, yes, don't remember yeah, his whatever name either. He's is. not important, but he's a, cr- a guy that she has crush on. Yeah, she's talking about going to his concert, and Michelle's like, well, why do you want to even go anyway? We both know you're just going to sit in the corner. Like, she's very, yeah, she is quite sort of nervous about breaking out a little bit, and but she yeah. kind of does want to at the same time. I think um, it's like... Um, I mean, I, I, do you have more to say? Because I, <laughs> I've got so many notes, so just go okay, with it. Okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to jump in. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yay! But I find her very easy to type as a type four because mm. I just feel like, well, for one thing, like me and um, my partner, whenever we're watching this, are always commenting on how good Sasha Monica Jackson's facial expressions oh my God, are. So the rein she has is just <laughs> hilarious. Like she will take the simplest line and make it so funny uh-huh. um, and so loaded. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with that thing of like she wants to go to the party, but like she doesn't want to go up to the guy uh-huh. and be like, oh. I really fancy you. She wants him to notice her uh-huh. being a wallflower in the corner of the party <laughs> and come up and go, oh my God, who are you? Tell oh. me everything about you. Like, that's what she wants. I relate to this and upsetting like, amount. <laughs> <laughs> and like, even for the fact, like, she has this diary that we hear, like, Orla reading about. It's just so good. And it's always stuff for about like her basically being like she wants to be a big writer, mm-hmm. like she has all these huge dreams for her future that are very much tied up with like her identity. Mm-hmm. I think also the fact that like she is so like staunchly like proud of being from Derry is yeah. also tied up into this like thing of like she's created it as a significant part of mm. her personality. Um and yeah, I thought it was interesting. On so there is on Spotify, if you look up Dairy Girls, um, each of the Dairy Girls actually has a playlist that Channel Four I made. I love that Channel Four did um, I think they made it like an in anticipation of the second season coming mm. out. The f- some of the songs I'll tell you some of them, but the first song on Erin's playlist is "Wannabe" by the Spice Girls. Incredible, love it. Um, other ones we have are. Uh, Life is a roller coaster. Bewitched. Oh yeah. Um, love me for a reason. Boyzone. <laughs> go your own way. Fleetwood Mac. Oh, of course <laughs> she would listen to Go Your Own Way. She so would, and she'd be imagining some like intense breakup that she's never yeah. actually experienced. <laughs> um, some of the other quotes that I had on that this same episode of the pilot whatever mm. her mum says no you can't wear a ton of jacket when they do meet up with claire erin says look i wanted to be an individual claire but my mom wouldn't let me <laughs> which i think is such, such a funny thing it really like, is. i wanted to be individual but like it's not gonna happen also the episode where um she is following this dog that looks like her oh my dog, God, yeah, totally. falls it into the church. 
the dog pees on the statue. Everybody thinks that she's had this miraculous intervention <laughs> of seeing yeah. the statue of Mary crying. Um, and then the very hot priest comes in mm-hmm. and they all have a massive crush on him. And he very much treats Erin as if she's the chosen one. She says, I sort of like the fact that Peter thinks I'm the chosen one. Like, is she, is she's like, oh, maybe I'll just... She fully knows that she's lying at yeah, this point. Like, but she's like, no two ways about but maybe it, but I she's... am the chosen one. <laughs> yeah. I also think, like, she definitely um, can have problems with being very full of like her own self-indulgent and her own self-pity like mm-hmm. something we see in season three is um she kind of has this little rivalry going with jenny joyce <laughs> throughout the, <laughs> the show but in season three they have their 18th birthday parties on the oh same God, night yeah. um and initially the birthday party is already a mess because she has to share it with orla <laughs> and she wants to do literary figures which is very tight for i think like she's like i read basically uh-huh. she's that she's that girl who's like pick me because i read shakespeare yes. like, i'm so intelligent did you uh-huh. know books exist <laughs> <laughs> so she wants to have literary figures and orla wants to do monkeys so already the party's a mess the the hole has been split with the local communion girls and then no one turns up to her party and whenever erin marches herself up to jenny joyce's eyes she's so indignant of the fact that she's not been invited <laughs> that she like takes upon herself to climb the wall before even waiting for half a second to see if someone will just buzz her in because she's so like i should be invited because i am mm-hmm. the most important person you know is <laughs> and why don't you know this on that same note she one of the quotes i have written down to her um is uh, her saying injustice is just something I've become accustomed to? As if like, what yeah. injustice is she experiencing at any point? Like, it just makes yeah. me laugh. And I also think like whenever the show, the show obviously is comedy, so there's not that many points in it where there is a major fight. Mm. But whenever there is like disagreements, it's normally between Aaron and Michelle mm. because it seems like they are very much like Erin is not very empathetic towards Michelle and Michelle has such a hard shell up most of the time so like we see that in the last season with Mm. um the last episode Michelle's brother being in prison Mm -hmm. and Erin very much being like well maybe he should still be in prison yeah like she's not very empathetic of what her friend might be going through she's like very much looking at it from uh, a removed standpoint yeah and i think it, view on things yeah it, and it's the same as well with like her relationship with james and michelle mm, being very much like you guys can't can't do it mm, um feels like it's very much like a, a point of conflict because of their personality type yeah it feels like erin very much sort of has a stance on how the world should be because yeah. like that's how she views the world to be and like that's how the world should be and i know i definitely fell into that trap as a teenager um and thinking well this is how the world should be and when someone disagrees with that you're sort of not willing to hear their opinion because you're just like like, well no i've done my research i obviously know the right thing to do 
like another episode that goes into that is when she's put in charge of the newspaper <laughs> um or she sort of decides that she's in charge of the newspaper and she tries to do it her yeah. own way and then everyone quits yeah and she's very much like well i'll just do it by myself yeah. then like nobody understands me mm-hmm. like it's very type four. A hundred percent. But she's wonderful. I think yeah. she's such a great character. I think she's what fantastic. Wing did you give her them? What other type were you? I gave her a three wing. Her? Um, I also gave her Yeah, three I wing. think she just, I think she isn't, as much as she desperately wants to portray the image that she's a wallflower, she desperately doesn't actually want to be a wallflower. She wants yeah. to be noticed and she wants people to recognize how different she is and how unique she is she doesn't want to just sort of fly under the radar she likes to pretend that she wants to fly under the radar but she doesn't yeah <laughs> um yeah so yeah erin as a forming three so should we talk about orla next yeah that's Since what they i li- thought they live together so do they live cousin. together or I think does because do. i suddenly realized in the pilot Aunt Sarah, like, knocks on the door and comes in as if she doesn't uh, live there. But then the rest of the time, a... it seems like they live there. So I feel yeah, like maybe... they live there. I think they live there, but maybe that was just a thing in the pilot that they hadn't, like... They hadn't quite worked out. Because we never see Orla or Aunt Sarah in a different house. No. Like, they never talk about going home. No, I'm pretty sure they live there. Yeah. Um... So Orla is Erin's cousin, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, she is like the most funny, like spaced out individual. Um, she's very much like in her own world most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we see her. She's mostly, I would say, out of like all of them because she has like less of a strong personality. She doesn't actually. Uh, sort of direct the plot a lot as a character she's very much there just to like be part of the gang Mm -hmm. um but when we do see her have individual ones it's because like she wants to do her like step up Mm -hmm. fitness routine like (laughs) after school um like assembly like she wants to show off how good she is at stepping um or she wants to have a party that has monkeys involved Uh because she thinks they're cool one of my (laughs) <laughs> one of the quotes that I find for her, I mean she has some of the weirdest lines on the show just because I think she's mostly in her own little world uh-huh. um, she says Protestants hate ABBA is <laughs> one of the quotes she says um, I don't smoke either I just like melt and stuff <laughs> um, and when she I think this is when they're going to, to prom um, she says, I love my Easter dress, but this is cracker tea. There's just nothing that doesn't suit me. <laughs> like, I love her that. level of self-esteem. Like, she's so high. So high. She thinks that she's just amazing. It's like... And, like... But she also thinks that of, like, pretty much everyone else around yeah, her as well. Definitely. Which is, like, so lovely. She's, like, such an optimistic character. Mm-hmm. So I typed her as a type nine because Ooh. I think that... She is, like, really optimistic. She is creative in her own way, mm-hmm. and she's really supportive of everyone else, but she's also just, like, completely accepting mm-hmm. of everything that's going she on. She really is. Um, in a way that sometimes is, like, a bit odd. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, and sometimes it means that, like, 
she seems to sort of like simplify everything in a in a type nine-ish way uh-huh. I think like for her everything is quite simple it's like very much like oh we're gonna do this thing or not yeah um and it doesn't really go deeper than that which is probably why Erin gets so annoyed with it <laughs> like when she's reading out her diary she doesn't understand like why is it a issue yeah to read your diary like (laughs) didn't you read it did you read it because you wanted it to be read yeah oh that's Um, so funny so i think like she does just want to like have sort of everyone get along Mm -hmm. and to just be having like a great time with everyone Mm. yeah i did nearly type baller as a nine um but i didn't end up typing her as a nine i really struggled with her actually i think because she's so sort of spaced out and so like almost quite removed from the action. Yeah. I think it was really tricky to, like, get a sense of, like, what does Orla want? Like, what does Orla like? I can tell you some of her (laughs) uh, songs from her Spotify Oh, yeah. The first one is Daydream Believer by Boyzone. Uh Uh, Barbie Girl by Aqua. (laughs) Yeah. Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. Oh, yeah. Definitely. There's Like a Prayer by Madonna. What a great playlist. I think I just need to listen to Orla's playlist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually ended up typing Orla as a seven. Um, oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. Well. I definitely drew on like her optimism and how she sort of sees things very positively. Like she just has always got something positive to say. Like she says how she loves her fingers um she <laughs> is amazed by like the smallest things like when she's talk when the ukrainian woman from from chernobyl comes over um she's like oh they've got these amazing like wooden things like that fit inside another wooden thing and like and erin's <laughs> like do you mean russian dolls like, it's so, like but she's just so like amazed and thrilled by everything like when they hit a sheep on their way to the take that concert in that van she's like yeah. we hit the polar bear and is like really like <laughs> thrilled that they hit the polar bear <laughs> like she's not even slightly concerned um <laughs> aunt sarah describes her as thriving outdoors <laughs> um, and uh yeah, she's just they're be when they're being chased by the um group of travellers and they think they're like after them and actually Claire just dropped her purse. Um yeah. she's they're all running and the, she just says, Oh, this is some crack, isn't it? Like yeah. as if, like it's just great fun. Um <laughs> just yeah, it just felt like she was always enjoying everything, like um like Jenny singing terribly on stage and all is just sat there like smiling away while all the others are like livid um <laughs> and my favorite thing to do is watch Orla in the background of scenes like when she doesn't really have any lines because yeah. she does the most hilarious stuff like there's a whole like bit where they're walking through the school I think it's on their like trip to they're like discussing the trip to Paris and she's literally just like eating this lollipop and it gets stuck in her hair it gets stuck on her tie <laughs> she's just like keeps eating it like blowing some up and it's just I feel like she just really loves to get enjoyment out of the tiniest things that like aren't even necessarily like that not everyone would necessarily get enjoyment out of and that felt very like seven and like yeah. making the most of every moment kind of thing um 
but yeah, should we have a look at some questions? Um, so seven versus nine. So this is from The Art of Typing by Ginger Lapid Bogda. Um, and it compares all of the different types, so all different pairings of the types, to help you understand how to uh, type yourself. Um, so our first question is, when you tell a story about something that has occurred, do you start in the middle where you're most excited, or do you start from the beginning and then share the story in sequence? Oh, she'd start in the middle. She would definitely start in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if she'd start in the middle. I think she'd start. She'd start like, at the end. Who knows where she would start? And then she would just jump around. Yeah. And be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> 100%. Um, so, question two is how do you define an interruption when someone is talking? Is it when someone says no to an idea that you have? Or is it when someone says something while you or another person is talking? She doesn't so, so she doesn't really yeah. strike me as someone who's like bothered if someone interrupts her. Interrupts her, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like I think and Cuz I I also think that she kind of interrupts people. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> she just like does. chucks stuff in. She doesn't know what's she's just kind of trying to add to the ideas. Yeah. I think that's So I think it would be someone actively saying no yeah, to something that she's saying I think would so. be more of an interruption though. Yeah. So our final question then cuz these both lean us towards 7. Um, so our final question is, when your attention gets diverted, do you think about exciting ideas or engage in stimulating activities, or do you tend to go for activities that provide you with comfort and familiarity? Oh, I see, I see, this is why it's always interesting to answer these it questions, because it really, like, solidifies what the difference is between the two types. I think so, because I think I can really see nine tendencies in her, I think... It's rare that we see a seven who's sort of a bit out of it, like, who's a bit, yeah. like, more withdrawn and a bit, like, quieter. I feel like we see a lot of, like, really active sevens yeah. and not passive sevens. She's a very passive character. I think so, yeah. And I um, think that makes you think of nine. Yeah. But then, yeah. But she's definitely, for that question, like, I would say, again, like, with Audio Deutsch, she would think of the exciting thing, not Definitely. the thing that's very peaceful. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I was going with nines in this kind of, like, because she has this spaced out vibe Yeah. Her, but, like, actually looking at it, like, no, she's not really desiring peace so much as she is a good time. Yeah, she's always looking for a good time, and it's just kind of yeah. along for the ride. Like, I think she's almost more like a seven who doesn't necessarily need to like make the plan but they just want to like be there for be there. the plan like they yeah. don't mind if they're not making the plan they just want to be having fun the whole time so did you give her a six wing i gave her an eight wing but on reflection i feel like i might give her a six wing i think i would give her a six wing because yeah. i don't think that she would feel the need to manipulate a situation to no. suit her in the way that an eight might feel the need to. Yeah, I do think I, she's a I'd bit like more... like the sort of, um, like, attachment and having this, like, support group mm -hmm. that sixes have, mm. I think, is maybe more akin to the way that she feels about, like, her friendship group and her family. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I could definitely... I think I'm persuaded to give her a six wing. 
Um, there we go. Yeah. Also, can we talk about her having the coolest character name ever? Her name is Orla McCool. Yes. What a great name. <laughs> like it suits her so well. Uh-huh. So Orla McCool is a seven with a six wing. Definitely. Um, fab. So shall we move to Michelle? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I found Michelle probably the easiest to type out of everyone. Um, I, okay. I typed I've her. I also find her quite yeah, easy. Yeah, almost. I think she was the first one I typed out of all of them. Um, I typed her as a type eight. Um, I also did. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> is bold. She's crass. She's not afraid of like, like she comes in. Like, I think honestly, one of her first lines is motherfucker is my new thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, She's, yeah, just, she's really got this thing about kind of coming across as strong and hard. And like, she doesn't want to sort of let her vulnerabilities come through. She's very protective. Um, like, I think she's almost so mean to James, but she kind of wants to, like, if someone, like, ever crossed her or crosses James or crosses her friends, she is the yeah. first one to, like, stick up for them. She's so assertive. Um, she describes herself as a beacon of truth. Um, <laughs> she, she just, she does, she always does stuff. She doesn't, she never thinks about it. She just does it. Like, she yeah. doesn't think anything through she just goes for it she goes from her gut um and uh like she i can't remember what she's just done but she goes the more i talk about it and the more i sober up i uh realize it wasn't such a great idea like (laughs) and uh yeah she doesn't give a fuck she just dances and drinks like she's definitely like out to have a party but like She wants to challenge things and she wants to kind of be in control. Like, I definitely noticed she uh, takes two boys to prom. um, (laughs) And when they start talking to each other and not doing what she wants them to do, Erin says to her, it's like they have their own free will. And and (laughs) Michelle's reply is, I know, it's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for her she wants them to do what she wants them to do not whatever yeah. they feel like doing and when like james decides that he wants to go back to england with his mum um he says i have to do this and her response is just but i don't want you to like yeah. she just she's like well but I don't want you to go. So like, why would you go? Like I've decided that you're staying. So like, why, why aren't you staying kind of thing? Yeah, no, I fully agree. And like what we were just saying about Orla, like not being uh, the driving force behind a lot of plot lines. Mm. Michelle very much is the driving force between, (laughs) behind like 90% of what they get up to because she just decides, oh, this is what we're going to do. Um, like whenever um james uh rips up the tickets to go yes. see fat boy slim in season three because he's terrified in this fight of getting beaten up michelle without telling any of the others takes it upon herself to go on national tv yeah. and make up this huge lie about how james got beaten up and like oh we were all, he, all trying to get the tickets for him because you know he doesn't get out much and which all is this. kind of very clever <laughs> Um, yeah, it is really clever. And she managed to get them all. Yeah. Um, 
yeah she's very much like used to getting her own way mm. um and it's i think it's funny the way her and james come as a wee duo mm. because she is often making fun of him but then she does actually really care about him mm-hmm. like when he says oh i'm gonna go back to england and she's like well no i don't want you to mm. like even though she's reluctant to admit that um she is very much like oh no i i do care and it's yeah. the same with like when james and erin kiss mm. she's like you can't do this because you're my best friend and you're my cousin yeah. and i don't want to have to pick between you mm-hmm. so like just stop mm-hmm. <laughs> and they kind of do yeah because <laughs> it's the power of she, an eight <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like it's what i've decided that you should do mm. and also like when they're in the the haunted house in the middle of nowhere uh-huh. which they've gone to clean out that isn't the house that they're meant to be cleaning out <laughs> um everyone's like oh but the lipstick that couldn't have been fake and she's like oh yeah sorry lads that was me i was just really <laughs> bored <laughs> Love her. I just love the idea that like she's really bored in this house <laughs> that everyone's already thinks is a bit haunted that she's like, fuck, fuck it, this. I'm just gonna like yeah. really go for it, like wind everyone up. <laughs> and I just um, I really love in season three especially, but I mean we do see it at the end of season two, but I love in season three the storyline of her and Erin falling out because I think yeah. it shows this vulnerability in Michelle that she really tries to hide and tries to pretend that she doesn't have, but that she doesn't have a particularly easy life. Like, I think we don't see a lot of her home life, but, like, we know that her mum is, like, a nurse, um, and we don't know about her dad or anything. Like, I imagine Michelle doesn't have a very easy home life, and it's really hard for her but she doesn't let anyone know that and her friends mean so much to her because they are her family they're the people who are helping her get through difficult times and stuff without them even necessarily realizing they're helping her get through difficult times and for her to suddenly have real conflict with her and Erin because like so much of their conflict is so easily resolvable because they're teenagers but this is something where they fundamentally disagree on something that's a really difficult conversation to have like you know for her it's really personal that her brother is in prison for this and she obviously wants him to come out of prison because she probably misses him like yeah but you know she doesn't let that show she just gets angry and she's just like no well fuck you then rather than like having that hard conversation and i just yeah that's when that came up as a plot line um i was discussing it with my partner adrian Mm. and i was like we were trying to figure out if it was ever mentioned in the show before that episode that Michelle even has a brother. I don't think it was. And it doesn't... Yeah, that's... Both of us felt like it wasn't. And we were unsure if it was because it she maybe didn't have a brother mm. and it was written in, sort of later in yeah. the show to make this political situation a lot more personal mm. to one of the characters. Or if that actually fits completely with the idea that her brother's in prison because like why would you ever talk about Mm -hmm. it or talk about him yeah if that was the situation yeah well and also almost out of fear that like someone would disagree with what he's done like yeah you don't want to bring that up especially for someone who's like an eight who doesn't want to show their more vulnerable side like you don't want to yeah 
you, and you don't want to give wanna other almost people go that deep or give people ammo people yeah. power or sway over mm. you or something to like bully you with yeah yeah like i say yeah. like you said i don't i don't know if that was you know always the intention that she has a brother in prison but it does like make sense that yeah, she wouldn't fits. talk about it if she does yeah um but Another funny quote um, mm. that makes sense in the fact that we don't actually see much of her family life, but I feel like fits in with like how her mum is presented. Uh-huh. She I says, "You can't ring Childline every time your ma threatens to kill you." <laughs> yes! That is one of my favorite sentences. Which does feel like it's something that her mum probably says to her a lot. And she's like, "No, you can't do it because I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the response to that that really got me yesterday was when um, Claire was like, "Yeah." you can't be wasting Esther's time like that. <laughs> she clearly rings <laughs> Claire's child constantly on the chat line. Um, I used to threaten to do that all the time as a teenager. Like a kid, I used to be like, like if my mum was like saying that I was complaining about something, she'd be like, here's 50p when through phone chat line. <laughs> like talk to them about it. If you're well, there were so many like posters up about Childline in school, obviously for yeah. students who like actually needed to call them. But I remember always seeing them and being like, yeah, I know I could choose that one day. Like, <laughs> As if, like, anything negative was happening. So I gave Michelle a seven wing because she just does whatever she she, wants. Whenever they're meant to be cleaning the woman who runs the chip shop, she just... She starts to have a party yeah. and like she brings them all shots and sets them on fire. (laughs) And then they set the house on fire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's always just up for the party. Like, she's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, she's an eight with a seven wing. Definitely. Um, Which I think brings us to, should we talk about Claire? Yeah, I was, or... I think Claire. Um, so... Tell me what you think. <laughs> I love Claire. I love Claire so much. <laughs> but oh I also think, like, I very much relate to Claire sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the sheer... <laughs> Panic. Oh my god, she's, she's so panicked. <laughs> so panicked. Um, I think Claire is often sort of the anxious um one on the show. She uh is very much scared of like breaking the rules sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um she's very concerned with like not <laughs> getting in trouble mm-hmm. um with things. Um, she's often like the voice of like rationality among the group. Like they're all sort of like saying, "Oh, we should do this." I wrote down she's the voice um, of reason. Yeah, 100%. I have one of the quotes that I wrote down. Is, I can't. I can't even remember. What this is a reference to. She says, "We could. We could sell our organs, or and forgive me if this is a bit left field, but could we not, you know, get jobs?" I think it's about them just making money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she also says, I am not a crack killer. <laughs> I wrote that down. Um, and whenever they do get in trouble at school, <laughs> before they go into the office, oh they are God, all very much in agreement that they are not going to, like, 
grass anyone in they are all a united front and the second that claire gets in there she was i didn't do anything it was michelle it was all michelle i'm not going down for something i didn't say if anyone deserves to get punished it should be michelle and she lands her in it like, so good friend, but so funny so funny um, so i think because of all that like for a brief moment i was like mm, I don't know, is she a six? Mm-hmm. But then I don't think a six would dob their No, that is, that is the moment I decided she wasn't a six as well. Because, because like, because of, she has this anxious quality. So I, I think she's a one. Like, she's just, I like, agree. too ethically driven. Yeah. She's very much, like, wants to make something of her life. She's terrified of getting in trouble. She wants them to all be on their best behaviour at all mm-hmm. times. And she can be really critical of the yeah. rest of them. <laughs> like, I um, a thousand percent agree. Yeah. Do you have more? Um, oh, I was just going to tell you some of the songs. Oh, so some oh, of yeah. the songs on Michelle's playlist. Oh, yeah. Which are, you know, self-explanatory are... Um, the one that goes, it's it's called Trouble, and it's the one that goes, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Uh-huh. Um, I'm Too Sexy. Great. Um, School's Out by Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. Born to be Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Come on, Eileen. Mm-hmm. Those are all on Michelle's playlist. Claire's playlist uh, starts, <laughs> the first song on Claire's playlist is 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. <laughs> that feels very true. <laughs> Um, uh, also, I Will Survive, uh-huh. um, <laughs> Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Oh, she would listen to Don't Stop Believing. Oh, I, I don't know what the song is, but it's just called I Think I'm Paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> I think you oh. are, Claire. Um, yeah. I- <laughs> I 1000% agree. I had the exact same moment as you, where initially going into it, I was like, oh, Claire's probably a six because she's so anxious. And then the second that she went, it had nothing to do with me. It was all Michelle. I was like, that is not a six. That is not a type six right there. And yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think she's a one. Um, yeah. Some of the quotes I got... Um, is uh, someone says to her, you're not afraid of a bit of controversy. And she went, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She says in that pilot, when she's the only one wearing the denim jacket, she says, I'm not being an individual on my own. Which is 100% something I would say. Yeah. When when she takes a bite of the nun's sandwich in the pilot as well, and she looks so, like, horrified by her own decision to bite into the sandwich because she's (laughs) on a hunger strike. Erin's having a go at her. And it's not even about the fact that she's just broken her hunger strike, but obviously because she's feeling so guilty, she thinks it is. And she just says, you'll get your two pound back. Like... She's so, like, morally concerned. She's like, I didn't do my hunger strike, so you all get your money back. Like, no money for Kamal. Um, 
and uh, she's always going on about the truth when they're all like doing something wrong she quite regularly says what has become of us um, yeah. she's very aware of- as if they were ever the beacon yeah. of like, good children she's always very aware of her reputation um, I think when she comes out like I think that's very much like her fear is that like because there's so much shame surrounding like being queer i think she yeah. almost sees it as like something that's wrong and something that she like shouldn't be doing and it's like makes her like a bad person almost and i think yeah. she removes herself from the newspaper partially just to sort of protect herself and like means that she doesn't have any association with the story but also i think it's because if it comes out then she will be like like not the good girl that she like believes yeah. she needs and then I think to be. It also, like puts the spotlight on her in a way yeah. that she doesn't necessarily want the spotlight to be there. Yeah, definitely. Um and like when she comes out, one of the quotes that I found about in the episode when she comes out is that she comes out to Aaron and Aaron's first assumption is that she must have a crush yeah. on her, which again is a very Aaron behavior. Yeah. And she says, I'm not interested in you <laughs> like that. Look at the state of you. Your arrogance is staggering, Aaron. <laughs> like she's really affronted by the idea that Aaron would make this yeah. about her. Which is like kind of fair. Um and she even says, like, you made me realise it's okay. Like for years I think this must have been eating up her and making yeah. her feel like she's not good enough and like what ones tell themselves already is that they're not good enough and this is just like another thing for her to tell herself well you're actually a horrible person because also you're gay and like yeah. that's what makes her feel bad about herself but she realizes that it's okay and Erin makes her feel that by wanting to publish the story and fighting so yeah. hard for it um i really enjoyed in the third season like pretty much every single scene she was in she was wearing something rainbow uh-huh. like colored like she had like a t-shirt that had a rainbow on it or like pajamas that had rainbows on it when i love like, that um from season two onwards they're always wearing like rainbow pin badges yeah. like i think that's such a lovely little costume detail i said that as well like even in the third season when she's not at the school anymore they're mm-hmm. still wearing the rainbow badges and i think actually one of them has two on yeah has claire two has two on or not well not claire oh no claire always wears two. Oh well then one one of them it, one it of the like others as yeah one of the others like i get keeps you her black badge i yeah. get you um and then <laughs> a couple of other quotes just the last couple of quotes i got from her was um she i think this is when she's drank too much of the energy drink um oh, the red bull yeah and she says i've realized deep down i'm quite an evil person and i feel like <laughs> that's just that is one's like ultimate fear is that deep down they're yeah. evil and like they think that that's actually the case when it's almost de- almost always not the case for a one ones are usually exemplary but they just don't believe it yet um, yeah. And then the final quote that I got from her was um, a quote that I thought was really lovely, and it was a one learning to take their power, um, was when she says, sometimes in order to do the right thing, you have to do the wrong thing. 
Oh, and I was like, yeah, that's what ones need to <laughs> learn. <laughs> yeah, because she is always really concerned with like doing the right thing and presenting mm-hmm. herself in the right way. Um, like when she meets the uh, kids who've come over from Chernobyl. Oh my god! <laughs> she says to him, "I'm very sorry for all your trouble. You know the whole who had the power plant. When you think about it, we've actually got a lot in common because we understand what it's like to be a young person from a troubled place." <laughs> so she's like trying her best to reach across really this like is. language divide. Um, and she does the same with uh jenny joyce's party uh-huh. um i think at the end of the first season where she's kind of like why are we having troubles anyway <laughs> we should be over this and she wears a, a union jack oh my gosh, t-shirt yes. to the party and everyone is like claire what are you doing like are you trying to get us all in trouble and she's like we should all be friends we should be together and you're like oh no claire it's too early for that oh bless claire <laughs> she's trying like she's doing that she one is, thing of yeah. like being an advocate for change a hundred percent um yeah so i gave her a two wing um because yeah. i felt like she is quite concerned about how she comes across she's very concerned with people liking her like yeah. she definitely wants to be like that exemplary role model for everyone else and i feel like yeah that's... and i think she is she is concerned with helping people like one of the yeah. things that i enjoyed in the third season is when she has both Erin and Michelle on her little hamburger phone and and that sort of mean girls Uh uh, split screen and they're having a phone call and she keeps accidentally saying the wrong thing Uh to the wrong person but she's just she is genuinely trying to help the situation and to to make them talk to each other Mm -hmm. and Um, she just ends up just making everything 10 times worse (laughs) oh bless her um so yeah claire is a one wing two so that brings us to our final character well not our final character sorry we're doing two more characters our final dairy girl girl. um james the wee english fella (laughs) wee english um i struggled a little bit with james but i i'm think i'm happy with what i ended up typing him as Honestly, I find James quite hard to do. Yeah, he's quite tricky. I think just because genuinely he doesn't talk a lot. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> he's usually silenced by Michelle. Yeah. Um, so I typed James as a type six. Okay. Um, so I think he always shows up. He's very loyal. Um, like he shows up for Erin for the prom um, after she gets stood up. Um, I think he eventually decides when he's deciding between whether to go back to England with his mum or to come back the door to stay in Derry. I think he ends up deciding to stay in Derry because it's stable, it's stability, it's secure. Life with his mum seems quite like chaotic and quite unsure. And I think he wants things that are sure and things that are stable and safe. Um, He's very quiet. He's a bit afraid of everything. Like... (laughs) sort of just constantly in a bit of a state of panic I think but he very much keeps that to himself quite a lot um I think he relies a lot on the girls for like a sense of community um he's kind of always looking for a community like I noticed like he goes he wants to go to that Doctor Who convention at the end of season two because it's sort of a connection he has with um his dad I think um but he's sort of trying to find his group, I think. 
Um, he's overly polite, like, I just feel like, but then he sort of bursts and is, like, really angry, like, all of a sudden, like, in the yeah, chip shop, and he's he, like, he it's just greasy! Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's when he's, like, particularly under pressure, but he's kind of, like, surprisingly calm in a crisis. Like, I think sixes are, like, panicking on like a normal level but as soon as there's like a crisis like something comes over a six where they just sort of like come into their own and they're like i'm ready for this like when the fire happens at fanula's he's the one to go and get a fire extinguisher and like solve the problem like i feel like he is constantly thinking about how to solve the problems um he starts to idolize father peter um and that feels very six to me that he'd like find a connection with someone who like doesn't think he's a dick and then he's just like i will idolize you forever and put you above all other things and i will dress like you and i'll become a priest too and like my whole life will become like everything about you um and yeah he just sort of follows along with what everyone else is trying to do he's constantly trying to fit in um he sort of i think thinks he's a bit mad sometimes like he says when they go to the wake for the first time for they go to um yeah erin's great aunt's wake and um obviously there's just a dead body in the room which i can confirm in england is not a very common thing oh totally normal (laughs) but completely normal in ireland um and uh, he says, can I just check something? Can everyone else see the dead body? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, am I being insane? Or like, is this actually happening? Um, yeah. So yeah, I typed him as a six. I also typed him as a six. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but I did find him quite hard mm. to, to type. Like I thought about, was he like maybe a two? Because he's normally helping people out. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like the bottling stuff up and uh-huh. then like all this anxious energy coming out that made me realize like no he's a sick. yeah <laughs> um one of the other one of the other quotes i had the chip shop quote mm-hmm. i hope so he just at one point says how do things work here how do they work what if you please explain it to me because sometimes i feel like i've gone through the fucking looking glass <laughs> That really reminds me of, there's a meme that's going around at the moment on, like, Enneagram Instagram that are, like, sixes saying, have you heard that, like, TikTok audio that's like, I would love to go with the flow, but, like, when does the flow start? And, like, (laughs) how how do I join the flow? (laughs) Like, that just feels, like, very that to me. Um, Some of the songs from GM's Spotify Mm. playlist are Love Me For A Reason, Uh, Outsider by the Ramones, oh. The Invisible Man. Oh my <laughs> god, these are kind of sad. Loser. Why does it always rain on me? Oh no, these are kind of depressing. Um, he also has like Ice Ice Baby. Okay. Um, um, Bless him. Like, there's quite a lot of like all by myself. <laughs> but Bless I think James. like that's feels like if james was making a playlist that's the kind of stuff he'd be listening to he probably to. would be bless him because like he must feel like he must feel so lonely one yeah um and yeah i think like there's quite a lot of but especially because he's english in northern mm-hmm. ireland like in this time period like he must feel very out of place and yeah people probably treat him with a lot of sort of suspicion and yeah well like my um um 
my partner moved over to Ireland when he was 11 because his mom is Irish, but like he grew up in England until he was 11. So when he first moved over, he had very much an English accent. Um, and like nearly, he constantly talks about how in like every lesson, especially like history lessons, students would be horrible to him. Like, students would be, like, like they'd be talking yeah, about, like... the way that Michelle is, like, well, maybe we wouldn't have had to do that if you're not Exactly that, her. yeah. Like, yeah. he, it, when we watch those scenes, he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what school was like. Yeah, so it's like, that's quite a lot of, like, weight to put on yeah. somebody's job. Because, like, like, obviously, the English did do tons oh, of shit. Oh, yeah, around. it's um, very, but, like, very much deserved. <laughs> James is one person and it wasn't him Yeah, no. You know? <laughs> so like, that's, that's a lot of uh, weight to put on somebody. Mm. And also I think like when he does try to go off and sort of do his own individualistic thing, he often gets swayed back into the group opinion. 100%. So like when he tries to have um, sex with the girl from Chernobyl oh, yeah. at the party and Erin takes it upon herself <laughs> to decide that he's not going to do that uh-huh. because she doesn't think it's appropriate. Um like that is very much he's very much just like swayed back into like okay well no that's not gonna happen then mm-hmm. um and it's really sweet when uh there's that scene in season two where like they very much i think he is looking for affirmation from them definitely to say like you are part of the group yeah like, like please stay we rib you all the time you are a dick yeah but also we really like you and that's just our way of saying yeah like you <laughs> Like, the whole scene where he's then like, I'm a dairy girl, is just, like, so sweet. I love um, him. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I give him a five wing. Oh, because okay, I feel yeah. like he... His, like, hobbies that he has are very much, like, he's, like, filming things and, like, he's very much observing. Yeah. Um, he's making all these short films. It sort of comes in in, like, the second and the third season more. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, when he is in the background, he's quite often has his little video camera. Yeah. And is sort of filming everything and observing everything from a distance mm-hmm. and then being able to like edit it all together in a way that is enjoyable and makes sense for him, mm. which I feel is like kind of a five-ish activity. Yeah, I initially gave him a seven wing, but I think it was more just like, because he's a bit mad sometimes. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with you. I think, yeah, a five wing makes sense to me. Um, so last but not least. An icon. <laughs> Gonna talk about Sister Michael. An absolute icon. <laughs> Tell me how you typed her. Sister Michael. Um I she's so good. She's so funny. Um, Sister Michael, I typed Sister Michael as a type eight. Because I, I just think she takes no shit <laughs> from anyone. None. Which is what makes it so funny because she's this like very stereotypical character of like mm. a nun and we expect nuns to be very like demure and mm-hmm. like they are boyed in christ and she absolutely like is not no. <laughs> she's like this is my school i do whatever the- i wanted it like you all have to listen to me because mm-hmm. i'm in charge of you <laughs> um says, if anyone is feeling anxious or worried or even if you just want to chat please please do not come crying to me <laughs> when claire Dobbs Michelle in mm-hmm. in that scene that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> she says, Well, I think it's safe to say we all just lost a bit of respect for you there, Claire. <laughs> just something that I quote all the time because it's just so funny. So funny. Um, um, 
100%. Yeah, she also she straight up tells Jenny Joyce, who is always performing at her assemblies, and she's always like suffering through Jenny's singing. <laughs> she says to Jenny, "You will go far in life, Jenny, but you will not be well liked." <laughs> I like, just love and I, her. I just think that has got to be it energy. Like having the authority to be able to say that to somebody, 100%. not caring what they're going to say back. Um, and also in the last season, um, in the last episode, she kind of has her own little story of the church are basically telling her to move on. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, well, no, actually, this is the place that I want yeah. to be and where I feel like I'm making the most difference. So, no, I won't. Thank you very much. Yeah, and that um, feels like an eight really... coming into their power of, like, yeah. no, fuck you. Um, some of the songs on her playlist are Kung Fu Fighting, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jolene by Dolly Parton. Incredible. <laughs> uh, Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. Um... Back in Black by ACDC. <laughs> so, like, very sort of hardcore. I really sort love... Of, sort of songs. I love to think of the... Uh, we don't really get an idea of um, Sister Michael's background, but I like the... I, I like to think of Sister Michael as someone who very much was not living the life of a nun, and then, like all of a sudden realised that they, like, needed to become a nun for some reason. Like, they were, like, yeah. trying to, like... <laughs> hide from something or they were just trying to like get out of something then she be- well, like very, in like a sister act way where she's actually <laughs> yeah murdered a man yeah, and is hiding like from that. the police and then uh <laughs> she became a nun and kind of realized it was pretty like cushy because she was like i get the free accommodation i get to run this school like i'm sure i guess i could just stick with this for a while like and yeah. just was like yeah why not and it's funny as well because it's like she is a it's a comedic character and it is really funny. But I also think there is an element of truth in her character because in this time period and in the eighties, there was a lot of schools in Ireland run by mm. nuns. Yeah, um, like even my sister, my sister uh, went to school in like the early two thousands, mm. but her school was still run by nuns sort of around until the time that she was leaving it I believe mm. and like my dad's school he went to a boarding school that was run by priests and he has told me stories about like the how strict the priests were mm. and how much they actually couldn't have given less of a crap about what yeah. she would be up to <laughs> because like you gotta get with the program yeah um and that kind of fits with her character yeah she's very she's just so no nonsense she does things on her own terms like she says um i think this is when she really likes that um oh what is it called the child statue um the child of prague or whatever it is um and uh she says that she's keeping it because she's supposed to pass (laughs) it on to another school but she's like no i quite like it so i'm gonna keep it and she says if the bishop has a problem with that he can take that up with me like she's not afraid of authority she's just like hey, well fuck you like that i want to keep the statue so i'm gonna keep the statue like this is yeah. this is my domain like yeah she has no she's no nonsense she has no time for but she's actually also very accepting yeah everyone else around her as well like um like the fact that the whole thing with claire being a lesbian and like the newspaper stuff mm. she doesn't like get up a claire and you know well and when her that would be when homophobic. um yeah and when jenny is like trying to get them to stop doing the paper she tries to rat on them to yeah. sister michael and sister michael just is like 
oh well like she's like she she kind of challenges expectations very much in an eight way and she um and there's also a scene uh when claire misses the train to portadown i believe it is um and she's stuck at the train station with sister Uh michael and this woman is like quite beautiful woman that claire is obviously like oh she's really pretty (laughs) as she sat there talking about her sex life on the phone (laughs) to Uh everyone being able to hear when you when sister michael goes up to her, you expect sister michael to go that is terrible that you're talking about your sex life or everything yeah. instead she goes i will give you the number of the guy who does our soundproofing because your soundproofing is terrible <laughs> like and she's not judging her for talking about her sex no. life at work she's just like you need to have soundproof walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love her she's great um what wing did you give her i gave her a seven wing yeah i can see i that. feel like she does join in with like the party at points uh-huh. um she has like weird hobbies like kung fu like yes judo yeah at night in the school and you're like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could definitely see that for her um yeah I, yeah <laughs> um, um so we have some awards we do every week um we have the oops I did it again award for the character who is most like their type mm-hmm. and the clumsy award for the character we thought I'm the hardest to type. Mm-hmm. So I think I have to give the oops I did it again award to Erin. Because <laughs> she's just like, if I was going to sit down and try to think of characters that I thought were like so obviously type four, she would really spring to uh-huh. mind for me. Um, yeah, just for all the reasons that we've already said. Yeah. Uh, who would you like to give the clumsy award to this week? Um, it's slightly tricky because I think they're all such strong characters. Like, I think Lisa McGee has done such an incredible job of like developing these characters. Like, we pretty much agreed on nearly all of them. Yeah. Um, I suppose I will give the clumsy award to <sighs> it's between Orla and James, but I think I'm gonna give it to Orla. Because we struggled a bit more with Orla and like, I think just because she's so kind of like spaced out, it's kind of hard to... I think, yeah, her lines are so out of context (laughs) and any meaning of the scene that it's kind of hard to just place her in a scene, let alone a personality type. Yeah, 100%. Um, Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Um, And as always, we have some side characters to Um, There's a fair few side characters in this. Um, Yes. But yeah, they were sli- I struggled with some, but yeah. Who would you like to do first? Uh, should we start with Ma? Yeah. Aaron's mum? Two? I said a two. Yeah. <laughs> um, da, da? Yeah. Da Jerry. I said six. I said nine. Okay, I can see that. Um, Aunt Sarah? Aunt Sarah, I give a nine. I give four. <laughs> But actually, <laughs> thinking about it now, I'm like... Oh. Uh, uh, Granda. Granda Joe, I give a seven. I give an eight. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is constantly threatening to beat people up. I love him. <laughs> um, Jenny Joyce. One. Three? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Uncle Colin, oh the really boring one. I struggled with him so much. I haven't even given him a type, honestly. Um... <sighs> Five? I don't know. I think five. Yeah. I said five. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing of like, I'm going to tell you every single detail. <laughs> True, about actually. 
Like, honestly, I do that sometimes where I'm like, I'm not that slow and not that boring. But, like, I do talk too much about the details. <laughs> like, I give you a blow by blow of my day. <laughs> guy i can't remember his name now but the, the one that sarah gets engaged to oh with the wee docket with the wee docket in his shot. i think maybe like a two i don't know um, or a one maybe i, I think a two yeah <laughs> i just love this show so much it's so good um that's all the side characters i have yeah. do you have that's all the ones that i'd written down. a writing tip for us um, my writing tip is less of a writing tip and more of just like a writing play. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the reasons I like enjoy this show so much is because like obviously it's set where I grew up, even though I like didn't specifically grow up in Derry. Um, I grew up in Belfast, but like it's very relatable to me. Mm. And like honestly, before this show came out. I wouldn't have been able to tell you like another show that was only set in Northern Ireland. Mm. Like there probably is. I think there was one or two shows that were around that were set in Northern Ireland, but like they were only aired in BBC Northern yeah. Ireland. They weren't aired nationally. Um, and whenever I was growing up, like I would very rarely hear a character who had a Northern Irish mm. accent on TV, on national TV, mm. not on like local TV. So like I just loved that this show was on like a big channel like Mm. channel four and was seen by so many people and so many people liked it because it also means like i feel like so many people were educated a bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) on like what the hell is the troubles Mm -hmm. because some people's like i'm sorry but if you're an english person (laughs) listening to this and you still feel like you don't know what the troubles are like go read a history please do the amount of like ignorant questions that I and I know so many of my friends have been asked when they have moved over to England mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And like it's kind of not English people's fault because you don't get taught it in no. school. But I just think this show was like a really great opportunity to show like a little bit of history at the same time as just showing like this is really good writing and yeah. it's really funny and it's a regional writer. And not every single show that is on programmed nationally in the UK has to be based in London mm-hmm. and based with English writers and English actors. Like there's so much talent in Northern Ireland and Scotland and Wales that should be programmed nationally, mm-hmm. really, if it's meant to be that we're all part of the UK, you know? Preach. So that's my uh, <laughs> rant Preach. rather than a writing tip this week, just because I, I honestly have no writing tips to give Lisa McGee. I think she's wonderful. Yeah. And I can't wait to watch whatever. That's the thing. Does. I think, like, if... Uh, obviously, I'm not anywhere near as qualified of a writer as yourself. But I think, like, from my perspective, like, if you want to ever consider writing a comedy pilot, like, watch the pilot of Derry Girls and, like, take as many notes as you possibly can because I think it is the best pilot of a TV show I have ever seen. Like, it's so amazing. It's so efficient. And also, like, because the show, it's a comedy and they're all like 20 minute episodes like you have to be so efficient Mm -hmm. 
to set up the story and set up all the characters. A hundred percent. And really, like every, almost every single line on this show is a banger. Mm. Like it makes you laugh. And that's when you know it's like really good comedy writing when every single line is funny. Mm. Which is something like I struggle with. Like I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a strong comedy writer because I struggle to get the laughs in Mm. like a line per minute. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have an Enneagram tip for this one? I don't really know if I do or not, but I'm going to ramble for a bit and see if any sense (laughs) comes out. out. (laughs) (laughs) I think my Enneagram tip kind of comes down to the idea of like embracing your crap parts and your like weird parts of yourself. Like, I think what I love so much about Dairy Girls is it feels like no one is really like these, the the characters aren't necessarily like judged for their flaws. They're sort of celebrated for them. Like Erin is such a flawed character. She's so like, she's not the nicest of people. She's quite self-absorbed. She's, in, does all these insane things like Michelle is not a good friend but she like yeah. tries her best and she believes she's a good friend probably but like Claire is so paranoid and anxious and like wow but like it doesn't feel like we're supposed to judge any of these characters we're supposed no. to kind of laugh with them and see ourselves in them and yeah. be like and even with all of those flaws and like them not being good necessarily good yeah. people or good friends you don't hear any of the characters no like you're, they're all so likable no exactly like it feels like a show that really celebrates your flaws like the enneagram is highlights all of our flaws and we very much i think a lot of the time see them in this really negative way and we have this sort of like need to work on them and like develop ourselves and everything which is really important but like don't just kind of lock them away in a box and be like oh i can never act like this ever like celebrate that sometimes you are a bit mad like sometimes i am a bit self-absorbed sometimes like that's just who i am in that moment and like that's not wrong to be like that it's just like a part of life once you know your flaws and like where you can be like if you're like oh actually sometimes I can be self-absorbed that is then something that you can take in to account yeah and sort of check yourself on occasionally as well yeah. if you're not willing to look at it at all you're never actually gonna you know better yourself yeah. than any kind of person <laughs> um so yeah my my Enneagram tip I guess is to embrace embrace your flaws embrace your flaws <laughs> Um, you are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be on my playlist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would highly recommend going and looking this one up. I think that's such a genius. I Yeah, I need to listen to all of them. They sound like banger playlists. Um. So yeah, that was Starry Girls. It was indeed. Um, we, as always, are open to requests we are. for future TV shows and films to cover. So if you'd like us to cover something in particular, uh, give us probably give us a wee DM on Instagram. It's the best place to get us. Yes. Um, and if you don't follow us on Instagram, we are at any obsessed, any obsessed pod. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will see you next time with a film. Yeah. Um, yeah. We will indeed. Well, actually... 
potentially two films. Yeah, it might be a slightly different way of looking at films than we have so far. Um, yeah. But you'll find out when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, see, see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Leave us a review if you like the show. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Enya Obsessed. That's E-N-N-E-A Obsessed. We're also on Instagram at Enneagram Obsessed Pod. And if you completely disagreed with everything that we were saying, send us an email at enneagramobsessed at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail um, so we can actually hear your voices at anchor.fm forward slash enneagramobsessed. Help I'm Obsessed with the Enneagram is created and produced by us, Kyle Flynn Davies and Kathy McFall. Music is What a Wonderful Day by Shane Ivers from silvermansound.com. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>